Have you ever been in a season, Yvette, where every single time you take a deep breath and you think, okay, I made it through that. I didn't see it coming, but I made it through it. And you turn a corner only to get hit again. I'm Yvette Walker, the host of the Positively Joy podcast, where we discover that joy is not a feeling, it's faith. You can find previous episodes at PositivelyJoy.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. However you found yourself here, you are welcome, and I believe it was truly God-destined. We are in Season 3, and this season has taken the podcast into the vantage point of what joy is. I'd like you to listen to each episode this season through the lens of how Jesus Christ defines joy. John chapter 15, verse 11 reveals this when Jesus tells us to keep the Father's commandments and abide in His love. Jesus says, These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. Enjoy, and I pray you receive the message the Father has for you. Suzanne Eller is a best-selling author, the co-host of the More Than Small Talk podcast with her friends, and is a joyous woman. Her saying, joy is more than a feeling, it's a knowing, echoes perfectly with the saying that we use over at the Positively Joy podcast, that joy isn't a feeling, it's faith. Her book, Joy Keeper, Six Truths That Change Everything You Thought You Knew About Joy, will help you understand the true nature of God's joy, even while you're walking through the valleys. Here's Susie. Susie, thank you so much for being on the show. I appreciate you coming. Thanks, Yvette. I've been looking forward to this. Well, me too. As we talked about earlier, we did have to reschedule this a couple times, but it's all in God's timing. Sure. And yeah, and I'm so glad that uh, that we're talking now. Me too. And I jokingly told you um, that we joy ladies have to stick together. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I first I first learned of you through, you know, through your book, Joy Keeper. And so I want to talk about that. You have an amazing podcast. We're going to talk about that, but I would love my audience to get to know you a little bit. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Well, you know, besides all of the book and podcast stuff, um, I have these three amazing kids that I love a lot. Uh, they've turned out well in spite of me. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I love I love my in-law children and then I, I have six littles that are my grandchildren and um, I love hiking, kayaking, uh, a good food truck is makes me happy. And then you know I'm a cancer survivor twice with breast cancer. In fact, that's been this last year for me my second time. but mm. yeah, I, I love I, I, I'm just grateful. I'm really grateful. I think you're the first guest who appreciate or who publicly appreciated food trucks. So that's nice. (laughs) (laughs) I do love a good food truck. I really do. I'm just curious, what kind? Uh, Mexican barbecue? You know what? All over the map. So I live in Northwest Arkansas and uh, Fayetteville is kind of the, I would say like the Austin of Arkansas. Mm -hmm. And it's diverse and fun and nature-y and uh, one of the things that we love to do is we love to go walk around Lake Fayetteville 
and then end at a food truck. Now, I think that probably cancels out the walk, but <laughs> it, is, it is so worth it. And there are, there's food from, it's, it's very all over the map. So mm-hmm. um, I like them all. Well, that's great. I guess you could say maybe you should start at the food truck and then do the walk, but then you would probably not feel great on the walk. So. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if that would work, but it is really, it's really fun. There's all of these series of trails and, and walks throughout um, where I live and there's food trucks along the way. So like I said, I'm not sure that one might cancel the other out, but together they're a lot of fun. Oh, wow. That, that sounds great. We do not have that here. In Oak. Well, I mean, we have food trucks, but I, I don't know of a, of a nice, you know, kind of nature trail that, that has food trucks along the way. That is something that someone's going to have to do here. So that's I a good agree. idea. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I, I love the idea that you have a podcast with your friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, a lot of us have, have solo podcasts or we will interview a guest, but yeah. having... Having that relationship, that kind of already cemented relationship with your friends, mm-hmm. you know, I bet just really, really um, can be heard in that podcast. How'd that get started? So when I moved here about seven and a half years ago, I immediately connected with Holly Girth. She's a fellow author and someone that I had really um, followed from a diff- distance just because I liked her work and I liked who she was. And we became good friends. And she had a friend named Jennifer that I met who also became a good friend. And we started doing these little Facebook lives together. We did that actually for three years. Uh, we made every mistake that you can make. We had sideways ones. We, we had some that turned green, some that had no audio. Uh, and even though all three of us are kind of tech, we, we are absolutely tech savvy, uh, Facebook just tried to Facebook Live tried to just knock us down from time to time, and uh, but we per- persevered because we loved doing it with each other, and mm-hmm. we felt like if we were sitting around the table at times with tears in our eyes talking about these things that were kind of rocking our world or that we were wrestling through with our faith, that there were other women doing the same thing, and we uh, Holly and I had both done some work with a local radio station. It's a regional radio station. And when we heard that they were creating a podcast network, we pitched an idea to do a podcast with the three of us underneath that umbrella. And so that happened almost three years ago, and we have loved it. Well, that is great. And it is called More Than Small Talk. Yeah, because uh, the topics you guys talk about is definitely mm-hmm. definitely more than small talk. It's they they can be major. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, and what like I said, you know, we met at a coffee shop for the first time. You know, we've been doing a lot of remote uh, things because of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. We all three got to get together for the first time in a long time, um, and again, just went deep talking about the things that we've learned through the pandemic, the things, how it's affected our family, mental health through the pandemic, but also the faithfulness of who God is. And then the power of community, like sitting across from you right now, I know instantly that like, I would want to hang out with you. Like I wish you lived in, I wish you lived here. We need each other more than ever right now. Oklahoma is not that far away, so maybe we'll have to do a little road trip. Yeah, I came from Oklahoma when I moved here. Wow, okay. Yeah, 
I'm a Tulsa girl. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's not that far away. Maybe we'll have to. I would uh, love that. Yeah. Yeah. Or even meet in the middle. <laughs> I, we could do it. <laughs> okay. We're going we're gonna to talk about that. Uh, you talked about lessons learned during the pandemic, and I'm just curious. Sure. What's probably the most significant lesson learned that you that you would say that you learned during the yeah. pandemic? So I'm an introvert, and which simply means that I fill up with solitude. But I also, you know, I always said I could be my own best friend. I've always said that. Um, I've I've realized now that I'm really sick of me, <laughs> and. <laughs> I, I think it's the power of together that I have realized more than anything is that we're not meant to live in isolation. We're just not. Uh, yeah. We need each other, especially as believers. You know, we've been so fragmented in the church and there's been a lot of harm against brothers and sisters in Christ. And, and it, it breaks my heart. And, and I, I, we need each other. And the world needs to see us you know, as a community that is running after God, but running for each other. Mm, oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm an extrovert. And my husband, my husband is too, although he appears sometimes to be an introvert, but uh-huh. we, we we fill up just by being around people. So I, I yeah. definitely understand the difference. Um, but both kinds of people, all kinds of people need that mm-hmm. connection. Um, yeah. There was there was a time when we were not going to church. We were watching it on TV, uh-huh. but we serve at church and we had to yeah. keep serving because we can control our distance, you know, during serving. Sure, absolutely. But we had to be there because it just was a part of us. And if we did, if we had not done that, I think I would have felt really, really kind of sad and depressed. So, yeah, yeah I understand yeah. that connection. Yeah. And the touch, you know. Standing six feet away from my parents with a mask on, you know, standing six feet away from my grandchildren with a mask on, from my friends with a mask on, um, that that power of just taking somebody by the hand or mm-hmm. that connection of just hugging a friend and saying, I got you. Uh, you know, we've missed that a lot this past year. Yeah, we definitely have. Um so uh, let's talk about joy because a lot of that, what you just said, what we have been missing, yeah, uh, I think really um, is a part of how we, well, how many of us feel joy. And I know that when you're talking about joy, you certainly talk about how, in many ways, how how God can be our joy. Yeah. Um, but but your book, Joy Keeper, is six truths that changed everything that you thought you knew about joy. Yeah. And I'd love to talk about that a little bit. So um, if you if you can, kind of in a concise manner, um, can you tell us what those six truths are? Yeah. So the first one is, is that God cares about how you feel. Mm. We're not meant to push down or put a mask on and wear it in any way like that. Um, the second is, is that God knows who you're becoming. Like we're so busy striving to live for God that sometimes we forget to live with him, Mm -hmm. understanding that he knows who we are. The third thing is, is that God is God and we are not. And I got to tell you, for me, that was and continues to be something where God really challenges me. And that's letting go of what is not our assignment so that we can step fully into what is. Yes. Yeah. The fourth thing is that God's goodness is greater. His His goodness is greater than our shame. His goodness is greater than our hurt. 
his goodness is greater than the lies that the enemy tries to feed to us. And so that's four. Uh, the fifth is, um, I'm going to jump to the sixth. I'm trying to remember the fifth. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> the sixth is, is that, that there's a seat for you. Um, because when life turns upside down, what can happen is we can start to think that maybe those promises that God whispered over our heart mm-hmm. or that plan that he had for us, that it is null and void. And that's simply not true. And so um, let me run to the fifth. Isn't that funny? <laughs> you know, and that the fifth is that, you know, you're not shamed. Mm-hmm. You're not shame. Um, we're not defined. When God came, when God sent his son to die on that cross, he didn't just die for the sins that we have. He died for those sins that somebody else inflicted upon your heart. Mm-hmm. Like this is a holistic healing. And so these these are the things that I held on to as I went through um a couple of years that I just finally called scarred. Have you ever been in a season, Yvette, where every single time you take a deep breath and you think, okay, I made it through that. Mm-hmm. I didn't see it coming, but I made it through it. And you turn a corner only to get hit again. That I was in that season for at least two years, actually going into the third. Mm-hmm. And, and there comes a point to where you think, Lord, you know, I I want easy. Like I really want easy. <laughs> if yeah. I could have just a season of easy for a little bit, that would be awesome. Even after I turned in this book and I had lived through this two years of a season I called scarred, you know, I found out that I had breast cancer again. And so this last year in the midst of pandemic has been surgeries in hospitals by myself with my husband dropping me off at a door because of the pandemic, mm-hmm. going through all of these things. And yet this is held up. This is held up for me is that joy is more than a feeling, Yvette. It is. Mm-hmm. And God cares about those feelings. He absolutely does. Joy is a knowing. It's knowing whose we are. It's knowing where to turn. It's knowing that we don't have to carry the whole burden by ourselves. It's knowing that he cares about our feelings. And when we're on the floor and we're crying out to God that he sees us, it's knowing that he is a refuge, that he is a safe place. That's actually the fifth one, is that God is a safe place. He's a refuge. And also knowing that even though it may look different, you know, and this last year for me has, has been this, is even though what I thought God had said to me is looking different, that plan that he spoke over my heart to reflect him, to love him, to draw people to him, that is still there. And it can show up in a hospital room. It can show up when you're in a, in a pandemic. It can show up in so many different ways. And so God's plan is not void over our life. That's really beautiful. You know, some people say God will only give you what you can handle. And then some people really don't like that expression. But I would say, and it sounds like you're saying that um, God will give you in his time what he needs to. But the thing is, 
if you if you are feeling that joy, if you are understanding that he is there, uh, if you know, if you know that the joy of God is with you, no matter what's going on, it's not a question of whether or not you can handle it. It's it's how you are dealing with it and well, how you and we and what we say on, on the podcast here is that we have to choose joy. Yeah, well, what I would say is that, you know, let's, let, this is an image God gave me. And it's the reason the cover is the way it is on this book. Mm-hmm. In the midst of one of the hardest, hardest places, you know, um, that I was at where it had been like punch number seven in a row. And I remember just being in this place again, laying on the carpet and saying, God, this is hard. It's hard. And I believe in you and I know you, but just need a break, just a break one. And the Lord showed me this word picture of, you know how a child will have a balloon at a party. Somebody will hand them that helium balloon. What happens to that balloon within like 30 seconds? It goes (laughs) out of their hands. It goes up into the sky. It hits a tree. It pops. Then you have a child who's distraught. And so what an adult will do often is when they give them that balloon, they'll sit down and they'll tie it gently around their wrist. Right. And when I think of joy, especially the joy that showed up in Acts chapter four, when the church was under persecution and people were, you know, it was volatile. I think of the Lord promising them joy that could not be taken from them. And I think about the Lord in the midst of that snot nosed on the carpet moment, bending down and tying joy gently around my heart, my soul, my thoughts, and saying, whether you're in the valley, whether you're on the mountaintop, Suze, I'm going to give you joy that no one can take from you because it's attached to me. Mm. You know, it's not attached to your circumstances. It's not attached to how you feel in this moment. It's attached to me. So wherever you go, joy is going to follow you. And it's not going to be joy that, you know, because there's, we think of joy as just sheer happiness. We have happy moments and that's awesome. This is a joy that is deeply rooted, deeply grounded so that wherever we're at, we know number one, we're not alone. Number two, we have a safe refuge. Number three, that when I cry out to God, you know, he's not going to condemn me and say, oh, you should be stronger in this moment. No, he weeps with me. Mm -hmm. He weeps with me. And he also, I, I think of that scripture where um, Jesus shows up with Mary and Martha and their brother Lazarus is dead and has been dead for three days. He knows what's right around the corner. Jesus knows it's going to be okay in a minute, but he doesn't look at them when Mary says, where were you? And how many times have we cried out to God, where are you? Yeah. He, he didn't condemn them for that, Yvette. He stepped into their grief with them and he wept with them. And that's, that's our God. That's our Lord. And there's joy in knowing that in the midst of whatever it is we're going through, and you don't have to be sad to, to, for joy to feel elusive. You don't have to be in a hard season for joy to feel elusive. But the Lord steps into that moment with you, even though he knows that right around the corner, it's going to be okay. And mm-hmm. he weeps with you. And there's joy in that. I really like that you said that we don't have to be going through the hard season. Um, but I, and, and on the podcast, you know, we say that we're, we're searching for, you know, God's joy, even in the details Mm -hmm. through, you know, through all seasons of life, but we're human. And when things are going great, 
we're really not thinking about it. Yeah. When it's a, it seems like that we're when we're in the valley or we're going through the hard time, then we're looking we're looking to, to looking for God. We're looking for His joy. We're looking to to claim that joy. So how can we, I guess, keep that uppermost on our mind through all our seasons? Yeah. Well, Jeremiah um, seventeen seven through eight is one of my favorite scriptures, and it's just such a word picture. And it shows this tree that goes through the drought and through the wind and the hard seasons, but it also goes through all the other seasons as well. And those roots are deeply in that water. And so in whatever season that it is in, even the hard seasons, that that tree remains fruitful. And I love that because it doesn't say it just, you know, in the good seasons, it's green or in the good seasons, it's pretty. In every season, because of the roots being deeply grounded within the source that keeps it alive, uh, it's not just alive, it's fruitful. And, and I think about that is that if I, if I daily, and I'm not talking about a task or a to-do or a chore, I'm just saying just show up. <laughs> just show up daily. And, and this is a question I ask the Lord on a daily basis. What can I do today to bring you joy, Lord? Mm-hmm. What can I do today to bring you joy? And, and sometimes the answer to that is I send a text to a friend who may be going through a hard time. Or sometimes that's a day that um, I just sit in his word and I learn from him. And I, I want to take all pressure off of this because anytime we talk about going to the source or spending time with the source, we can think of that as a chore or something that's, you know, really hard. When I say just show up, just show up, <laughs> just show up knowing that you bring him joy by being in his presence. And when you ask him that question, what can I do to bring you joy today? I promise you this, maybe not in that moment, but sometime throughout that day, He'll show you something that will bring him absolutely joy. And it may be the smallest of things, but this is a connection. It's that connection that keeps us in that place of knowing. Mm -hmm. A good friend of mine says a couple of things that I'm thinking about now as you're you're talking. Um, She says, faith is not a feeling. Mm -hmm. It's a knowing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And she also talks about co-laboring with the Lord. Yeah. Partnership. Partnership, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Con- connection, yeah, yeah. I, you know, um, I was trying to think of who said Henry Blackaby said that God is always working, that wherever we're at, God is always working. And what we tend to do is we tend to say, Lord, will you show up and work with me in what I'm doing? And what <laughs> Blackaby says is that when we ask the Lord, you know, I know you're always working, so where do you want me to show up? so that I can partner with you. And sometimes that's in your marriage. Sometimes that's in the heart of a child. Sometimes that's in the heart of a neighbor, you know? And sometimes that's in you. Like he's working in you. And and, and if I look at these last two or three years of pandemic, breast cancer, my daughter getting breast cancer, my son going through a dark, dark place, Mm. all of these things, I think the Lord was absolutely doing a work in the heart of Susie Eller and saying, I'm going to teach you to utterly, Susie, trust in me, no matter what you see, no matter what you're going through, and know that I stand. I stand. No matter what, I stand. 
And so, you know, looking for where he's working and asking the Lord to help you to show up to partner with him and whatever that might be. What you just said makes so much sense. And even if someone doesn't have your testimony, even if they have not perhaps been in the valley as often or as long as you have been. I think that there's so much that they can take from what you just said and from your book. Yeah, um, and you and you, you have written other books, certainly. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, yeah. This is this is this is the newest one. Um, yeah. But um, they can go to your website and take a look at your at your other books and uh, tell us where we can find you. Sure, you can find me at suzanneeller.com, and that's Suzanne with a Z. And um, you can also find me um, at iTunes with More Than Small Talk. And so I would love to see you there. And on my website, there are chapters of every book I've ever written. So you can read uh, one chapter of several of the books, including Joy Keeper. Well, that's 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 really um, gracious of you to to offer that. uh, you know, that's really, really nice. And then I'm sure people will, will read that and really, really get into it and want to, and want to absorb more and want to read more. Um, you told us, um, you told us uh, a scripture that, that you've been standing on in Jeremiah. Um, mm-hmm. When you are going through your process of, of writing, because mm-hmm. I know that there are some podcasters who listen, some authors who listen, when you're going through your, your uh, process of writing, um, which is a different process for everybody. Writing uh-huh. can be harder for, for some than others. Um, but is there something, is there, is there a scripture that helps you through your process? Well, yeah. So I love Matthew 6, 8. And, and this takes the pressure off of prayer. It takes the, I, I feel like writing is a form of worship when it's about him. Mm-hmm. And so when we show up to write, there's sometimes that we just don't have the words to say, or we worry like, you know, am I writing the right, right words? Will this land in the heart of somebody in the way that it is on my heart? And Matthew 6 eight, uh, is about prayer. But Jesus is saying that when you come to that place of prayer, not to worry, you know, because the Lord already knows what's on your heart. So I bring that into my writing. And I, and I trust this calling that God has placed on my life that when I sit down to write, I pray, I prepare, I work really hard. But ultimately, the Lord knows what somebody else needs to hear. And again, partnering with him, inviting him into that process, seeing it as a form of just worship and and connection with him. Somehow the Lord will take those words. And this happens a lot, Yvette. I'll write a book, and by the time of deadline, these words are like burned in my brain, and I'm thinking they're the worst words ever. <laughs> and then the book comes back, and I'm like, wow, Lord, look at what you did. Mm-hmm. You know, because somehow those words turn into something good. Oh, yeah. We we give so little, and he yeah. takes it like the loaves he and does. the fishes. He, he takes does. it and he just, and he, he multiplies it. He, he just makes it better than what we could have done on our own. Yeah. And um, it's, yeah, no, he's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so if it's, again, it's that show up concept. If, you know, as writers, and I've been writing for 20 years, this is my 11th book. I'm writing my 12th right now. Um, if we'll just show up, 
If we'll show up every single day and we'll invite him into that process, ask to see where he's working and just start writing. Um, somehow God miraculously uses those words. I love that. And I think that we can use those same concepts for just daily living. Um, take him to work with you. Yeah. Uh, when, when, you're ha- when you're home having to homeschool, invite yes. him in. <laughs> yes. When that child has just had her third meltdown of the day, you know, and, and all of the things is, and I would say to that young mama who's been in this place of homeschooling or virtual learning and trying to be all the things this last year, man, I would, I would want her to know that the work that she has done has been incredible and that as tired as she is, that he's a safe place for um, how hard that has been. But you're right. This has been quite the year to, to trust in all those things. Amen. Amen. Well, Susie, thank you so much for spending some time with us today. Oh, it was an absolute honor. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Positively Joy today. Go to PositivelyJoy.com for inspiration, encouragement, and past episodes. Follow the podcast and review and subscribe wherever you go for podcasts. Don't forget to check out our cool merchandise with our new logo. And also on the website, go to the talk tab and leave us a message on what you love about Positively Joy and what you'd like to hear in the future. Again, thanks so much for being with us. Bye for now.